to Israel as a nation. There are many nations that used to live and they ceased to exist because God annihilated them. Amalekites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, they're all gone. They're gone. God told Joshua, wipe them out. Seven great nations. And God delivered them. I mean, they destroyed them. Ninevites and all those people. They ceased to exist. But God said, I will not let Israel off the hook. When she sinned the same way, I will whip her high with stripes. But I will not make a full end of her. There's always a place of repentance, restoration, restitution. And we're bringing back to a place of worship. And you know that was written for our learning and admonition. The same thing happened to backsliders. Some don't make it back and some do. Those who become reprobate and apostate, they'll never make it back. Reprobate and traitors never make it back. It's just the way it is. But those who backslid and, and for whatever reason and came back, God have mercy on them. So we know whatever happened to the nation of Israel, which was called the church in the wilderness, I call them, they are written for our learning and our admonition. I could draw the parallel to it tonight. You know, they're in Egypt, we're in the world. They're being they're in bondage. We're in bondage to sin. And they got Moses, we got Jesus, and and the Lamb in Egypt brought them out, and the Lamb of God bring us out. And we they got baptized in the Red Sea, we got baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. They were baptized in the cloud. We were baptized in the Holy Ghost. That was the seal. And they danced when they came out. We danced in the Spirit. Just like they did. And they shout. Then come temptation. On their way to the promised land, they had problems and trials and tribulation. And some murmured and some sinned. We do the same thing. Some folks backslide when there's trials and tribulation. Problem comes up. And the devil hurts them, right? The serpent bites them. The serpent today is Satan. Right? And we all make covenant that, God, we love you. Yes, we love you. We turn traitor on like they did also, right? We got golden calves too. Amen? Amen. And we defile sometimes the church, and we defile the temple, our body, like they did. So there's a parallel there. And their promised land is earth to Jerusalem. Our, our Jerusalem is the heaven of Jerusalem. Amen? And their Messiah is Moses, and our Messiah is Jesus. And their captain is Joshua, and our captain is Jesus Christ. And the parallelism is right there, all the way through the Bible. So, the world going to hate them, and the world going to hate you on the job, because you're a Christian. And they're hate because they're called Jews. Jews and Christians are the same. They're, they're Jews mean jewels, and God called you his jewels. And the Israelites were married to God at Mount Sinai. You're married to Jesus Christ in water baptism. Do you his name? They're called by his name. You're called by his name. He said, if they repent and humble and pray, he will hear from heaven and heal their land. God said, if you humble yourself and pray, I'll heal your family. Same old thing. Amen? And God judged them before he judged the nations of the world. And God is going to judge the church before he judged the world. Same thing. We are parallel. So they are Jews Outwardly, and we're Jews inwardly, Paul says. We, they belong to Abraham, we belong to Abraham by faith. So you can see it, the parallel. Now, write this down in your mind that we should, the, the nation that rises up against Israel, they're going to fail. They cannot prevail. 
Alright? They may win a battle, but they cannot win the war. They may win a battle against Israel, but they cannot win the war. The war is already decided. Israel is going to win. Israel is going to reign. Alright? Now, write this down. The Jews or Israel proper is indestructible. They're God's people. Those who curse them will be cursed by God. They will continue to be in existence forever in the future. They'll never cease to be a nation. Jerusalem will always be there. It will never cease to exist. The Jews are here to stay. Their worship will remain forever. And David will always be their king. And the Jews will always be a powerful force to deal with. So it will always be that way. And they will step up to the table and be the head of nations. The table of nations found in the book of Genesis 10 and 11. Israel will be the head of nations all over again. And we see the times of the Gentiles will come to a close. Guess say amen. Now, when you read Matthew 24... Antisemitism is mentioned there. But the question is, well, why are we so caught up with it now? Well, the Lord put things in perspective here. All right? And we're seeing that Israel is always the reason for instability in the world. If Israel don't have rest, the world will not have rest. If Israel don't have peace, the world cannot have peace. If Israel is being punished, the world will be punished. That's all there is to it. That's the way God set it up. Now, I've got seven things I want to write down to you, uh, mention to you that let you know we're in the end of time. Now, I'm concerned for myself and the world that Jesus predicted that we would sleep, even though he told us, in First Thessalonians chapter 5, we must not sleep as others do sleep. One place Paul says, time to wake up because the time is far spent. Well, you have to understand what time is he talking about. He says, we've used up time that God gave us to repent and find God. Now, in the news, I hate to bring it to you, but beheading has taken place. And I mean, that's promised in the 20th chapter of of Revelation, verse 4. We're hearing about wars and rumors of wars. Matthew 24, 6-7. We're about famine and pestilence, environmental conditions, unusual events. Matthew 24, 7. We're about distress of nation. The list goes on. Then we read about where is the promise of His coming? Second Peter chapter 3, 1-6. And we see as the days of Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot, etc., is here in the days of Noah. They're here. And knowledge has increased. So, we understand that we are in the last days. Now, it doesn't matter if you believe or not. It's still going to be that way. You know, uh, Noah preached for 20 years and they didn't think it's going to come to pass. But it did come to pass. They drowned. Right? <coughs> and Lot's family thought he was... Joking, and they laugh, but they perish. Amen. 
And so it's up to us. I want to give you, hopefully, I can't do it all tonight, but I'll give you as much as I can, and just give you a synopsis of what is happening, and let you know that this could be the last night for this church and for you and for the world as far as God and the Gentiles are concerned. Now, Israel is in the middle of it all. The Bible says the generation that sees the fig tree blossom, and I could spend some time and show you a fig tree in Israel. When you see that blossom, that generation will see everything mentioned in Matthew 24 or Luke 21 come to pass. This generation will not pass off this earth until Revelation 1 to 19 is fulfilled. Now, Revelation chapter 6 to 19 only covers a seven-year period. Seven years. Revelation chapter 1 to 5 represent the tailing of the year 2000. The ending of it. And we're going into the third millennium since Jesus Christ. And so, all of us in this building, if the Lord doesn't take our lives prematurely, we are going to see beheading and everything mentioned. Distress of nations, wars. Wicked man, evil man, seduce the wax worse and worse and worse, and atrocities. And in the midst of it, Israel persecuted worldwide, chased. And our only hope is to go back home. Now, you may have heard on the news that last month or so, a number of Jews got killed in Europe. It, it's not the first to the first to get killed. But why when they get killed, the whole world say something? I mean, people are being killed everywhere around the world. Well, why them? Because they're the time clock. You can't ignore them. You may want to <laughs> despise them, but you can't ignore them. If they don't have peace, there'll be no peace. If the Middle East don't have peace, there'll be no peace anywhere else in the world. And it's going to spill off into Canada and around the rest of the world. I don't need to tell you they got sleeping cells around the world. Wicked, evil men and people ready to do atrocities and evil deeds. Night and day they're ready to do it. And they'll sacrifice their lives to make it happen. So it's not if or maybe. Now, how long are you going to have comfort of your boat? I don't know. But it's creeping in. If you're flying an airplane, they could blow it up. If you're on a train, they could blow it up. Wherever you are, in Disneyland, they could blow it up. In the, in the plant, in Sun Cross St. Jude, they could blow it up. They could blow up in the bank. They could blow up in your home. Nowhere is safe. Because you don't know who that other person is. Evil mind. Evil thoughts. Evil deeds. And it's all under the auspices of Satan. But, the, but, the, but behind it all, why is it happening? Satan despised the nation of Israel. And he will gather all nations against Israel. And when nations gather against Israel, God responds. God will respond. 
There are examples abound in the Scripture. And we will talk about them later on. All right? Now, we can't read all the Scriptures that they are, but we're going to show you that anti-Semitism is predicted in the Bible, and it's happening before your eyes, even though you want to ignore it. You try to ignore it, but it's still there. It can affect you, even at school. All right? In Deuteronomy 26, and verse 19, God promised Israel this blessing. He promised Israel to make her high above all nations and to be a nation of praise, of honor, and glory, and significance, and invincibility, as long as she keep his covenant. In verse 1, God says, It come to pass, if they hearken to his voice and observe all his commandments, which he command them, that he will set them high above all nations above the earth. That's in Deuteronomy 28 and verse 1. God told them. And God said, I'll make them military-wise superior to any nation on earth. I don't care who has what bomb or nuclear weapon. God says, Israel's army will be superior above all. That means Russia, China, Germany, and Italy and all those other countries. Listen to what God says. Leviticus 26, in verse 78, God says, Israel's army, she shall chase her enemies, and they shall fall before Israel by the sword of Israel. It says, five Israelis shall chase a hundred, and a hundred Israelis shall put ten thousand to flight, and their enemies shall fall before their sword. That reminds me of the invincibility that God gave Joshua in Joshua 1, verse 1 to 10. And the only time Joshua was in danger was when Achan broke the rank and sinned. And Ai almost wiped them out. And then when they repented, they burned Ai. When they were in the will of God, Ai couldn't stand up to them. When they were out of the will of God, they were weak, just like Samson. When Samson was out of the will of God, he was like any ordinary man. When Samson was in the will of God, he could pull down two pillars and tore up the place. Amen. The guy was superhuman. Just fantastic great. But God told Israel, if you turn on me, if you turn on me, go to Leviticus 26, please, and fall down in the Scripture. If you get the Bible, fall it down there. I'm going to point some things out to you. God says, if you don't hearken to me, but walk contrary to me, I'll walk contrary to you. And in my fury, he said in verse in verse uh, 29, I hate to read it, he said, you're going to eat your flesh like animals, your kids. And serve idols, verse 31. And I'll, I'll make your city waste, verse 32. I'll make your land desolate, verse 33. I'll scatter you among the heathen, and I'll draw out a sword after you, and your land will be desolate, and your city will be waste. God said, because of what you've done, and turn into idolatry or apostasy. Verse 36, And I will send faintness in your heart in the land of your enemies, and the shaking of a leaf will cause you to run when there's no one pursuing you. Verse 37, And... He said, they shall fall one upon another, as it were, before a sword. Amen. When one pursueth. It says here, and they will have no power to stand before the enemy. You see now why they're being pushed? 
in the Middle East? You see why those? Because let's face it, Israel is just a tiny country, as small as one of the states, small states in the United States, and around them are surrounded by Islamic countries that are anti-Israel, but not able to destroy them, but surely able to be a thorn in their flesh and prickle in their eyes and cause them discomfort. They surely can do that to them, amen, and hurt them. But they can't destroy them, even though they want to. They can't do it. Right? Verse 38, 30, 30, and he shall perish among the heathen. He shall perish among the heathen. And I'll give you faintness of heart. What's God saying? Long before Israel betrayed God, Moses says, I know after my departure, you're going to turn against God. And you're going to bring evil upon you. There are two mountains, Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. If you do what I say, the blessing mountain will be on you. If you don't do what I say, the curse will be upon you, upon your land, upon your people, upon your children, and everybody else. Well, Israel said, oh, I'll do what God said, Moses. I know you won't. But Moses gave him the hope. And said, but when, if you're in tribulation, if you shall turn, God will have mercy on you. Well, the tribulation is what Jesus Christ talked about. All right? Here are the curses of the curses. In the 28th chapter of Deuteronomy, verse 37, And thou shalt become an astonishment to nations, a proverb, a byword, among all nations where the Lord shall lead thee. Now, here's it right there. That's anti-Semitism. God says, I'm going to raise up enemies against you. It's like a wasp nest rise up and it's going to chase you. And you're running for your life. And they're, and they're falling and they sting you all over the place. God says, I'm going to raise up like bees and wasps chasing Israel. And she's always running. Where? Among all the heathens where she'll find herself. But Daniel 10 and verse 14, uh, Gabriel, who went to Mary and spoke to her, also spoke to Daniel and told him, that I want you to understand that your people are going to deal with some situation in time to come. He says, now, we know he, Ezekiel predicted, for example, the Holocaust. The Holocaust means burnt offering. Ezekiel 37, he predicted the death of Israel, but also the reviving of that death structure. He said, I saw a valley full of bones. That's exactly what happened. The great trenches they built to bury the bones of the people that Nazi Germany, amen, uh, did atrocities to. Six million Jews died in less than three and a half years. And what's so amazing? Three and a half years. A lot of folks thought he was a beast of the Antichrist, but the way he fits so well. Well, we know there are many Antichrists, but they're not the Antichrist. Deuteronomy 28, 37 says, you're going to become a byword among all nations where the Lord shall lead thee. And God says, I'll, I'll make them hate you. Jeremiah 29, 18, and 19. I'll make them hate you. Anywhere you go, they're going to hate you. I'll make sure they hate you. And they're going to curse you. Because I'm going to put it in their heart to hate you and to curse you. So all these, all these head of Semitic things, it's not without control. But the whole purpose of that is Israel will not find any peace outside of her homeland. 
So even though God scattered them, anti-Semitism is good in that it makes them go back home. Because Jesus Christ said, I'm going to leave you guys and you're going to be desolate. But I will not come back until you are repatriated back in your home. And you ask for me. So God is in control. And we need to realize that nothing that's happening in our world is by chance or by accident. There is the heavens that rule on this earth, even though man don't want to recognize that. Jeremiah 28, 29, verse 18 19, I will let all kingdoms of the earth hate you, turn on you. Why? Israel forsook God and played the harlot with nations. Israel joined the gods of the heathen. When Israel served on evangelistic work around the world, that the Abrahamic promise may come upon all the earth. Israel, instead of converting them, <laughs> joined them. There was a guy in this church one time. He went to the hospital, supposedly, with a girl. And when he went, the girl kissed him three times. I said, don't go back. He said, Pastor, the girl seemed to want my body more than she wanted the, the, the gospel. I said, I laughed. I said, I could tell you I was enjoying it. I said, well, don't go back because it's not for you. you know, that one sister says, go, well, it messed him up. He died lost eventually. He sure did. But he messed him up. Now, the girl, you know, this guy came by, saw her, tried to witness to him, and he kissed her and bought her flowers and got her. And she also is in the world a reprobate today. Now, I'm trying to tell you, friend, you got to be careful. You better know what you're dealing with. Satan have plans in his mind. We're not wrong when it's a man witness to man and, and girls to girls. Because the devil used good and turned for bad. He said, well, I'm strong. Well, these guys thought they were too. And so Israel, Israel, like Jehoshaphat, Hezekiah, played footsie with the world. And you know what happened, don't you? Amen. I mean, why is Saul, why is Saul ending up with a witch? Why is Samson his head in the lap of a whore, a prostitute? I explain that. Amen. Kind of strange, isn't it? Hello? <coughs> Deuteronomy 20, 15 and 54. But you come to pass, if you don't obey my voice, God says, I'll scatter you among all people. So every corner of the earth may not have mosquitoes and frogs and cats. But every place where humanity is, a Jew is there. A Jewish colony is there. And that nation despised them. And they're hated. God said he would scatter them among all peoples. Deuteronomy 28, 15, 6-4. Now, you can understand why in the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Ghost was poured out, it was Jews from around the world, from all those nations, come back to celebrate what they cannot celebrate in the country they're in. There are three festivals, Passover, Pentecost, and Feast of Tabernacle. They can't do it. So they come to Jerusalem. And God lists the nations that were there. And that list of nations that matches the table of nations that you read in the first, uh, in the tenth chapter of Genesis and chapter 11 also. All right? 
We didn't come from evolution, beloved. We were created by God for a purpose. And God placed Israel in the midst of the nation, the hub, the gateway to all the major continents of the world. Because Israel is supposed to be a salt, but she'll lose her savior and got to what? Dunghill. Now I can take Israel's behavior and extrapolate and tell how this church will behave. Because this is the true church. And I can tell that everybody won't come and live for God. Everybody won't be a saint. Some will be a reprobate. Some will be good. Amen. Some will be a saint. Some will be ain't. Some will be traitors and some will be faithful. Some will be loyal. Some will be disloyal. It's going to be exactly as you read in that book. You say, well, who is who? Well, ask the question. Is it I, Lord? He said, well, I know. I, said, I don't know. He knows. And you know. All right? So you can use it and you can, you can tell who's going to be who. Because it's a model given how the church is going to be. <coughs> Your example. <coughs> Here's an, an example of persecution in the history. Just repeating itself all over. But this time, this is the end time. We go to, go to Egypt and find Pharaoh persecuting Israel. Amalek, Edomites, Haman, the Babylonian, Rome, Antiochus Epiphany. All these are countries and, and men that rose up against the nation of Israel. In every case, the job was annihilation, genocide, write them off. And most time, it looked like it almost succeeded. And when it comes to their back against the wall, God shows up. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're in the fight and God showed up. It's in the lion dens and God showed up. And it's the same way today. Alright? Now, God said, I'm going to do this here. I'm going to bring enemies against them. He says in chapter 28, 37, go there and read for yourself. Deuteronomy. 2837. I'm going to tell you right now, all the legislations of nations cannot prevent or stop anti Semitism. It's of God. Pharaoh got to say, Look, I can't stop this plague. It's the hand of God. Now, the Jews know that, but politicians don't know that. They think they can bring the RCMPs and all the sissies and all these army guys to. Stop. You can't fight the devil with guns. It was spirits, principalities and powers, and rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness. The only thing can deal with that is divine anointing that breaks yoke. And government don't have that kind of power. Amen. God told me in Deuteronomy 28, 37, you become an object of horror, ridicule, mockery. Among all the nations of the world where I sent you. Why? Israel, just like I used to bless you, I'm going to curse you. That's unfair. I give them two doors. Door of life and death. Good and evil. Choose. When they choose, God says, consequences come with your choice. When you make a choice, you don't choose the consequences. It comes with it. You pay or you gain. It's up to you. God said, put an open door for Israel. He will not make them. They must willingly want to serve Him. In verse 18 of Jeremiah 29, I paraphrase it. I will pursue them with a sword, with famine, 
with plagues will make them abhorrent to all the kings of the earth and become the object of cursing and horror, scorn, reproach among all the nations where I have driven them. You see now why Simon the saucer prayed, don't let those things you just prophesied on me come to pass. Because he knows it will. You know I know that? Illimus, Paul, cursed him with blindness, and instantly what? Darkness fell on him. You see, we're not talking about a trinity God. I know about Yahweh, the true God. Or Jesus Christ manifest in the flesh. The true God. False God is powerless. Baal could not bring fire. But the God of Elijah did. Yahweh did. Amen. And Paul said you can't serve Christ and Belial or, or Baal. It's one or the other. But here's the promise of God. God always makes promises to Israel in spite of his, you know, God's like a parent, you know. God does not chastise Israel by punishing them to kill them, but really wants to turn them around. Moses given this little promise here. He says, in chapter 4 of Deuteronomy, verse 30, go there. When thou art in tribulation, which Jesus Christ talked about, great tribulation. Did he not say that? The beginning of tribulation and great tribulation, it is escapable. We can pray that we become worthy to escape all those things. Now, if you take your your vision on, vi on video tube and look upon, it says chopping off hands and crucifying people and slitting throats. You know what I'm talking about. That's just the beginning of sorrow. It will someday happen in our country and around the world. Government can't fight them all. Shocking? One pastor said to me, Pastor, I don't know if I could survive it. Hope God give me the grace to go through it. Christianity is almost free in North America, but those countries, life and death. It's like the pig, you know, <laughs> and the chicken. They want to give breakfast to their master. The chicken said, I'll give eggs. And the pig said, that's fine for you to say that, but for me to give bacon, you take total commitment. <laughs> if you want bacon, with total commitment. The one type thing. Hello. He said, when thou art in great tribulation, and all these things come upon thee. When? The latter days started in Acts chapter 2. You are now in the last time. The latter times are gone. This is the last time. I mean, the last time I means it's not going to happen again. The latter days are gone. You're now in the last time. Brother, this is the last time. You hear the Antichrist is coming, and there are many right now. Right? So, you know, it's the last time. When thou art in tribulation, and all these two come to pass on thee, even in the latter days, every time you see someone get the Holy Ghost, you know, that's a latter day sign. We're having a great time in church. It goes again, latter day sign. I'll pour my spirit on all flesh. That means not just Jews only, all nations. If thou turn to the Lord thy God, except even to his voice, then I will hear God says, I will bring you out. I'll, I'll fulfill the promise to Abraham. God is very serious. When 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 when, <laughs> when Ishmael was born, 
God didn't talk to Abraham for several years. He wouldn't talk to him. God quit talking to him. And when he showed up, he said, look, Abraham, be perfect. It's a mild rebuke. Be perfect. I'm disappointed what you did. I don't like what you did. All right? Israel was a nation at Mount Sinai. At Mount Sinai, Israel had a constitution, which is Ten Commandments. Then Israel had an institution, which is the tabernacle in the wilderness. The institution called the church. The constitution called the covenant. Covenant God made with Israel. The Sabbath is the sign of that covenant. God didn't give a Sabbath to, to Abraham. He gave it to Israel and gave them a name called Jehovah, which he never told Abraham anything about. Abraham no as God Almighty, El Shaddai. But, but the Yahweh name, or the Jehovah, he did not tell that to Abraham. Now, Israel had, first of all, you know the Bible, at the end of Joshua, with the book of conquest, 31 kingdoms, a set of the 21 Moses had, they conquered all that part of the world, drove with all these people, and took their land. Which many Muslims like to talk to you and call it occupation, but I won't go to that tonight. But when they did that, the unfortunate thing is, he did not leave a succession plan of leadership like it was done through Moses and the successor was Joshua. Joshua didn't have a successor. He said, you all do what you feel like, now, democracy. As a result, they, they were in the captivity. Book of Judges, read it. The Book of Judges is a book of captivity. They sinned, God judged them, God persecuted them with people. When they were crying to God, God, God renounced them Savior. About 14 judges, the last one is Samuel. God raised up messiahs or saviors to save them. And the sad part was, as long as the guy lived, they lived for God. But when he died, they changed their doctrine. <laughs> I went back to falsehood. And God turned over to the enemy again. And God said, look, man, I'm gone. You're on your own. Don't forget, Israel is not strong without God. So all God has to do is just back out. Move the edge. Isaiah chapter 5. God moved the edge, and Israel is in trouble. Thorn and thistle comes up. Isaiah 5 discussed that. Very beautiful scripture. So when you lose God, you lose all the blessing. Not, not overnight, but you will in time. It won't stay with you. Your looks will change, the blessing will change, and the protection will be gone. And the devil going to whip your hide. All right? Now, they, they cried. And you know the story how Anna cried for her son, not realizing he would become the successor to Eli. And after he comes, his sons are taking bribes. So they people lost confidence in them. They said, we want a king like everybody else. We want to be democratic, not theocratic. We want a king. A monarchical system. We have theocracy. It doesn't work. Those guys took bribes. The guys are bad boys. Get rid of them. Ophelia was just as bad too. Get rid of them. They were the bad guys. We want another system here. Like the nations around us. Guess what? It doesn't work. Not in a theocratic world. Because their laws are different and diverse. But God said, give it to them. Give them what they want. You know, don't force God into a corner. Because yes may not be a good yes. 
Amen. God may give you what you want and it burns you later. Amen. Because you cry for it. You got it. It's okay. Put up with the problems. It comes with it. Now, and so, here is God giving them what they want. And God said, well, take a friend with you. The king you get will be like the Gentile. Take, 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 take. Take you from your family. Take from your kids. Take from you. Da, 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 da. And tax you to death. They said, ah, we still want them. Give it to us. God said, okay, have them. And so God rejected Israel, God, from being king. And won a human king. So they went from theocracy, hello, to monarchical system. The first king. Obviously, God had gone to Abimelech, that pervert. Amen. And God said, give us this Saul. They got Saul. They say, yes, we'll have him. He's good looking. He's handsome. He's good charisma. <laughs> they chose him. For the first two years, they did pretty good. The third year, God tested him. Boy, he wouldn't listen. He wouldn't submit to the man of God. He did everything contrary. He felt he was better than or equal to. And so he wouldn't listen. And God said, you know what? I'm tired of him. Get rid of him. Get rid of my side. Don't even pray for him. I'm done with him. But he reigned for 40 years. In fact, he reigned 37 years too long. And God chose little David. And David, you know the story how David rose to prominence and became king also. And for 37 years, he couldn't take the throne because Saul would kill him. When Saul died, Saul died in the lap of a witch. Commit suicide. He died. God raised up David. They both reigned for 40 years. After David came Solomon. Solomon reigned 40 years. In those days, Israel is strong. In those days, Israel is a blast. They're a blast. I mean, they got prosperity. They're invincibility. I mean, God's blessing is shining on them. I mean, God opened up the abundance to them and plenty of all things. I mean, you can't... T- they're killing giants, man. These are great men. Mighty men. As long as they're for God. Then, Solomon died and gave his son the throne. Rehoboam came on the scene. Rehoboam made a terrible mistake. Did not listen to the man of God. His peers, and they messed him up with the wrong idea, and he followed their ideas of the man of God, and it caused problems. Israel split instantly. Split in two. Be careful with advice, my friend. You better make sure they got the mind of God. You better make sure. Amen. Ahab was not the mind of God. He knew nothing about God. Why ask him? He doesn't like God. He's the enemy of God. All right? Anyway, so we know what happened. Here is this man called Rehoboam with a terrible idea. And the kingdom split. And Jeroboam was the prince at the gate. He just was waiting for an opportunity to snap on there. And he saw weakness. He's from the tribe of Ephraim. He saw weakness in Judah. He said, come on, boys. David, don't care about we Ephraimites. I'm your flesh or you're my blood. We're, we're from the same tribe. Bye, David. They walked away. But it was God's plan because God was angry with Israel. You remember God took that prophet and used that man to rip off the garment, amen, of Jeroboam and gave him what? Ten pieces. Remember that? 
and kept two. And God said, Jeroboam, I'm going to make you king. And teach that family a little thing or two. Because they, 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 they mess up Uriah's wife, and they mess up this. And they, I'm angry with them. I'm going to take two of them from them. I give you ten of them. And you, you take ten, they take two. You know, God can take from you what He gave you. Amen. And so, the Bible lets us know, when that happened, down the road, the mistake came up. and exactly what happened. Ten tribes went off with him. You call that church split. Israel is split down the middle. The house divided cannot stand. The, the beginning of the fall of Israel, right there. They start falling. Ten went one way, and of Samaria their quarters, not one of those 39 kings were ordained of God. They were all terrorists. They came to power with a knife. Not one of them were anointed. Not one of them were appointed by God. They were assassins. They assassinated each other, and that's how they reigned. And they were cultic. You know the guy said to them? Boys, I'm going to show you who your God is. Don't go back to Jerusalem. But he built two golden calves in Dan and Beersheba. And said, look, this is your God. It's too far to go to worship God in Jerusalem. In other words, holiness is bondage. All that dress code business, that hairstyle business, and that walk with God, they're not a law. We're, we're free. <laughs> you know, called antinomianism. They fell for that garbage. And he perverted it. It became sin to Israel. Israel worshipped a golden calf exactly as Aaron did to them. Messed them up and lied, and they worshiped Molech, Remphin, and all these false gods, burned their kids to idols, and church is just wicked. And they also fought against Israel, uh, I, mean, I mean Judah. But Judah stayed and lived for God, and for a while, 200 years, and then she joined her sister, doing the same thing. Read the book of Hosea, and the story is told, very plain, what they did. God called them both, both whores and harlots and prostitutes because they, they play footsie with Iraq, Persia, Assyria, and other countries. And turn against God. And God sent them prophets, and they cursed the prophets. They, they stoned them. They whipped them. They misused them, abused them. And God said, That's enough, you southern tribe. You're going to end up like your sister and go, well, wow, somewhere far. Now, guess what? The ten tribes went around the entire world. They called them the Lost Tribe. They never came back until the year 2000. So they came back. The Lost Tribe. They were lost. But the two tribes, for the Messiah to come back and find Israel in her homeland, they spent 70 years of captivity in bondage to Iraqians. Iraq reign over them. Babylon is Iraq, the land of Shinar. And they reign over them. And God raised up Daniel and those Hebrew boys who prophesied and gave them that beautiful image you see there in chapter 2 and said, that's the time of the Gentiles. I'm going to use that and control the world events. That little image you see there will tell you how long this will go on for. And when I will restore Israel back to her prominence and her greatness and her fruition and her success and make the desert look like a blossom rose. Amen. And so God explained it to Daniel 
and that's been to the king, and today we're talking about it. We're in the ten toes today of that system. I mean, the end of all things. That's where we are right now. So, now, you may not know this. Pastor Neil, you're boring me to death. No, my friend. This means more to you than you learn at school tomorrow next week. You're futurizing this. You're a Gentile, too. When that door is closed, you can't be saved. He's visited the Gentiles for two days. After that, he's going back to his people. Now, you see what happened here? After that time, the Bible said, God knocked down Babylon, which is Iraq, raised up Iran and the Kurds, the Medes and the Persians, and they began to reign. And they began to reign, and they reign in place of Babylon. They're the ones that with a silver. Alright? And the Bible said they reigned for so long. And then the king made a decree. Go home! Jews, go home! And rebuild your temple! Because God prophesied in Isaiah that Cyrus by name would say that. So Cyrus, an Iranian, said that. Go home and rebuild your worship. Go home and rebuild Jerusalem. See what God wants it done? And by the way, at no charge to you, Israel, I'll pay for the whole thing. And by the way, Israelites, I'm going to give you back all the golden vessels that were taken from you. Go and do it. You know how it went back? As many as went back as respond to Nekahu's statement this week. Come home, Israel. Less than 40,000 people went back. They love it. Of the captivity. They learn to adapt. It's amazing when you walk into a dark room, when you first walk in the dark place, your eyes is alarmed. You can't see nothing. But when you stay there long enough, your eyes adjust to the darkness. And the darkness looks like light. And that's what happened to Israel. Now the punishment looked like nourishment. They love it. They love where they are. They don't want to go back. And so Zerubbabel, amen, and Joshua the priest, and and Ezra and Nehemiah became revivalist, restorationist for those that were willing to go. When you read those so-called minor prophets, they're the guys who deal with restoration that were preparing Israel for the coming Messiah to come. You have to understand that. This thing is going somewhere. We won't be on earth every day, every year, having church forever. No, no, no. This is a preparation ground for something else. This earth is here only for a time period. The sentence on this world. And so the Bible said when they went back, all right, only few went back, and there was opposition to it. You're going to find there's opposition to what happened to those Jews. Now, Ezra, all right, Chapter 4 and verse 12, someone wrote, Be it known to the king that the Jews came up from thee to us are come to, unto Jerusalem, building the rebellious and the bad city, and have set up walls thereof and joined foundation. Amazing. That's an example of anti Semitism. It continued in Nehemiah 4 1, also Ezra chapter Esther 3, 6, 8, and 13. Haman says, Kill them all! You don't believe it? 
He said, destroy all the what? The Jews. All the Agites that Saul did not kill remain to bother the children of Israel. I want to tell your parents, if you don't swept your house and keep it clean, it's going to affect your kids. You chew uh, sour grape, and your kids' teeth will go on edge. Yes. <laughs> what you have to deal with, they have to deal with. What you left behind, they have to struggle with it. Amen. That's exactly what Joseph had so well, not in our Ezekiah, not in my day, but in my kids' day. He didn't care what happened to his kids, as long as he got a good time. All right? So Nehemiah 4, 1, and Esther 3, 6, 10, and 13, discuss. Now, to the restoration. I must tell this church, because when you hear Israel in the news, you have to know the story. Ignorance is not bliss. Please don't be ignorant. Paul says, I would not have you ignorant brethren. I'm, I'm sorry. Preachers have destroyed many saints in churches. Make people think church is a, a five-minute thing. They walk out there and they walk back out. You're wrong. This is eternal life. For you, it's life. You need to know what God is doing. God said, study and learn off me. Now, in 1948, something happened. Why? Because in Matthew 24, read there, go there please, you're going to find that Jesus Christ predict his own rejection. Like Isaiah 53 says. They would reject the coming Messiah. Now this guy called Daniel, he said, Oh Israel, I got a vision from God. Gabriel <laughs> talked to me and said, God put you on the sentence of 70 weeks. Seven weeks for a certain thing, and six or two weeks for something else, then the Messiah will be born. And on the 69th week, he will be killed. And then he's going to stop talking to you until the 70th week. He'll put it all to a, to a closure. Now he said, Pastor, what does that mean? Well, that's why I'll tell you what it means if you have time. If you're mentally ready for it. Praise the Lord. Now, Israel said to Caesar, We have no king. What Israel is doing in that time period is fulfilling Isaiah, what? 53. Messiah come, right? As in Isaiah 40, Isaiah 35, amen? Isaiah 9, 6. It's happening. Is that right? It's all happening. Now, Jesus Christ knows what's going on. Then they don't know what's going on. And you know, his time is limited and short. You got a few days with them. He said, Walk while there's light, because that cover where there's no more light. You can't work. In other words, catch me while you can, because I won't be here all the time. I'm here, I'm here on a mission. Now, Israel is still dispersed around the world. Everybody hates them. Everybody owned Jerusalem except the Jews. Iraq owned it, Babylon. Persia owns it, right? Means the Persians. The Grecians owns it, but Alexander the Great. They fought over it. Two kingdoms left the Ptolemy, which is Egyptian, and the Seleucid, which is Syrians. 
They fought, and the Seleucid wins, and they're reigning. And then a wicked boy called Antiochus Epiphany, he reigns, and he massacred Jews and slaughtered them, and he was the forerunner of the Antichrist. He did everything the Antichrist would do in days to come, in our lifetime. And did all the forerunner. A fierce king, a vile king, and massacred Jews. And he did that till Augustus Caesar stopped him. Rome. Rome overtook Jerusalem from him, and Rome began to own Jerusalem. Amen. From that time till Christ was born, he was born under Rome. And Rome crucified him with collusion with Israelites, who said, we have no king, and Caesars are a king. And they rejected Jesus Christ on the grounds that he would not overthrow Rome, so he can't be the Messiah. Jesus Christ come preaching heaven, and they want him to preach earth. He's preaching about heaven, and they want to hear about earth. He's not interested in earth. He's talking about heaven. And they said, you can't be Messiah. Get out of here. Our Messiah is the God of Judah. going to destroy you, know, like Joshua did. And we know that Joshua is Samson. Well, that's not what he is. He's weak, lowly, and meek, and humble. That's not what they wanted. They want a lion. Now, this is still Israel. Now, Israel is now rejecting God in incarnation. He's sending them prophets. They stole them. Now, he's coming himself. And they're going to crucify him in human flesh. They said, now, I will not come back until you say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. <coughs> Amen? Name of the Lord. He says, I will not come back. Now, I want to point some things out to you. In 70 A.D., the generation of Jesus Christ, they saw the destruction of the temple by the Romans' general called Titus. He destroyed the temple kill millions of Jews that Hitler did. And the remnant stayed. Well, the Jews didn't learn their lesson, but in 130 A.D., they rose up again. And now Emperor Hadrian said, that's enough. And he wiped out every trace of Israelites in the Promised Land. Tore down their homes, tore down anything religious, burned their books, crucified their sages, chased them out on, on punishment of death. Any Israelites found in Palestine or Jerusalem will be killed on sight. And they levered everything and built a new temple to Emperor Adrian and called it Chapter and renamed Jerusalem by another name. Amen. And so since that time, Jews are scattered around the world. And all the Mosaic promises are coming to pass. The curses, the bywords, the cannibalism, the persecution, the hatred. And when they're gone, the land is cursed. The land turned barren. I mean, 
It's like a woman losing her hair and gone bald. Nothing grows. No water, no rain falls. The land is cursed. It sat there for all that time from 130 A.D. until 1948. Now what happened here? You're going to find. God says, I will gather my people. Isaiah 11. It's very important that you go there and look with me. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations and assemble the outcast Israel and gather them from the four corners of the earth. God says, 11 verse 12, I will gather them from the four corners of the earth, which is east, west, north, and south. We were in China. Israelites were there. We were in Greece. Jews were there. <laughs> Wherever we go, in, 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 in the States, Jews are there. In Jamaica, Jews are there. I mean, in Nigeria, Jews are there. Anywhere you go, in Pakistan, Jews are there. In India, they're everywhere. God kept His word. Now, if He kept His word of scattering, He will also gather them. Right? In Isaiah 54, 54, verse 7, God promised, Even though I have forsaken thee, but I will regather thee with mercies. In the 32nd chapter and verse 37 of the book of Jeremiah, He said, I'll bring you back to your homeland, and you will dwell safely. Now, if you know your Bible, you're going to realize when they were cast up by Nebuchadnezzar, he brought in nations from around the world to fill the gap because the animals were taken over the country. And the heathens were there and the heathens didn't know how to worship God. And the heathens were saying to Nebuchadnezzar, we don't know how to worship God and we're being killed by bears and animals and lions. Please send some Jews to teach us how to worship the God of this place. So the people, listen now, fear the God of Israel but worship their own gods. That's why Jesus Christ went into Samaria the time he did and said, I must visit Samaria to define to them who God is and how to worship God because the Jews did not teach him properly. And so they have a different rival religion to Israel. And so Jesus went there and taught them that I must go to Samaria. And when he went there, he taught them that God is an icon. God is a spirit. Contrary to what Jews are doing. And God the Spirit, and you must worship the Spirit in truth. And she dropped her pot and said, let's come see a man. This has to be the Messiah. This guy knows everything. got to be him. So that was a confession that Israel would not have made. So Israel is still out there today. Do not call Jesus their Messiah. To them, he's just another guy that lived who came to be a prophet. But to some, he was a fanatic. Some thought he was paranoid. Some he was a madman. So just an ordinary person. Well... Different opinion exists. But in Ezekiel 34, 25, 28, he said, Look, I'm going to bring them back in their homeland, right? And they're, they're going to be there safely. I'm going to show you some things that let you know you're in the end time. Number one, the restored regathering of Israel. It tells you that you are the generation going to see the second coming. Ezekiel 34, 
25:28 says, "Are bring them back, and they're going to do it safely from the wilderness of the world, or bring them back into this land and get the beasts out of the land." Promise number two is fulfilled: that He would restore the bountiful agricultural nature of the land. The land would be restored to Israel. Jeremiah 33 and verse 16. In those days, Jews shall be saved, and Jerusalem shall dwell safely. And this is the name where it shall be called the Lord our righteousness. You know, in the Six-Day War, what happened? Don't you know what happened there? They regained holy places that they never had. It was under the control of Jordan. In the Six-Day War, they Jordan lost it. Israel. And they regained what? The Temple Mount? What else? The Golden City. Become theirs. Right? Ezekiel 39, 26. Listen to this. In fact, I want to go right... Go your way with me, please, church. This is going to blow you away. Ezekiel 38, verse 8, 11, and 14. After many days thou shalt be visited, Russia, and out of years... Thus shall come in the land that was brought back from the sword and is gathered out of many people against the mountain of Israel, the, the, the Israel of those mountains, which have always been waste, which was waste, was brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely in them. Verse 11. And now, and Russia will say, I'll go up to the land of unwalled villages. I'll go to them that rest and dwell safely. A city without walls. Having the bars in our gate. In other words, Israel feels comfortable. She's not watching and protecting her borders. Verse 14. Son of man, therefore prophesy. When my people dwell safely in their homeland, you're going to know it. It's happening right now. You may want to admit it, but right now, Ukraine is fighting with the big old bear. The bear is called Russia. And what's what Russia doing? Russia trying to rebuild the Soviet Union. Russia is a country. Soviet Union is an amalgamation of communist countries. And they're trying to bring back Slavic countries into the fold. All right? The world says... Three minutes to midnight. Now we're you're three years away from World War Three. They said three years away from nuclear war. Right? It says in thirty nine chapter verse twenty six that Israel will dwell safely in the land and not be afraid. Now you know Israel is in the land, but not really that safe. They are safer in Israel than they are safer in any other part of the world. The only safe haven for a Jew is in the land of Israel. They're still attacked, but their safety is more guaranteed. They're not depending on outside forces to protect them. They have their own army protecting themselves. And they have a saying, never again. Goldemir said, I was ready to use the nuclear weapon if I had to. America stopped because when I had no plane to fight, I was about to push the button. And they said, okay, I'll send you weapons. 
Number three, another miracle happened in your day, and you don't pay attention to it. You're too easy eating McDonald's and French fries and can make a fried chicken. But I'm telling you, this pastor is concerned about his own soul and have an obligation to tell you about what's going on. Isaiah 35, verse 1. Listen to this. Now, when my wife and I went to Jerusalem, we saw the barrenness of the place. When I went back, it was a beautiful garden of oases. It's different. Because I asked the Jews, how come it's a desert? What's going on here? Why is the sand dune? Why is there no trees, no water, no river, nothing? All the rivers are dried up. He said, well, the Bedouin do. I said, no, 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 I don't believe that. He didn't want to talk to me anymore. We went back several years now, almost ten years later. Almost, right? <coughs> ten years later. All this happened within a, a short time. Within a decade, this change took place. Within a few years, all this, you know, changes are taking place at a rapid pace. It's like a woman in travail having her birth pain closer and closer and closer and closer. And closer. I don't sister Jen understand what I'm talking about. Now, Mr. Jen, the wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as a rose. That's happening. In fact, water from the Dead Sea has been channeled to irrigate the land. That is said, Jordan and Egypt is about to fight them over water because there is a, a deficiency of water. They even find oil in Jerusalem. God said the tribe of Isaac shall dip his foot in oil. And there's gold hidden there. And that's why the Arabs wanted so much. Because they realized that which was a desert is now a blossoming garden of Eden. Isaiah 51 verse 3. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort her waste places. He will make the wilderness like Eden. In her desert, like the garden of the Lord. Please go visit them. Let them show you before and after the last decade. You won't believe it's the same place. Joy and gladness shall be found therein. Thanksgiving and voice of melody. So you can see why they're firing rock, rockets over there. Alright? Ezekiel 47, 8. And water shall issue out of the east country. And go down into the desert and into the sea, which brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed. It's happening. We ate fish from the Sea of Galilee. It was tasty. It was delicious. It did the whole place looked prosperous. Jordan banks looked beautiful. I didn't see nothing barren. Is anything barren? There was no desert places. I've seen when it was a desert. And I've seen when in the last decade I've changed. God is telling you the end is in sight. We are this generation that are seeing all that happened and not paying attention. But Jesus told me in His Word, when you see all these things begin to happen, then lift up your head for your redemptive joy. Now, so I'm not watching the United States or Russia. I'm watching Israel. I'm watching Israel. That's the time clock. Number four event. I'll tell you, we are a generation. I see the coming of the Lord. I put about anti-Semitism. You've seen it happen. It's happening. You hear about it. Mr. Nakayah, what do you call it? 
Laka, whatever his name is, he said, look, come home this week. He said that. Who got upset? Every country. Because they know if the Jews leave, the finance go with them. Number four, a language has been restored. It's going to blow you away. If you go with me to the book of Zephaniah, chapter, praise God, chapter 3, and verse 9, you're going to find something here. What does it say? Anybody read that, please? Zephaniah, come on, for read for me, please. I'll turn to the people a pure language, that they may call upon the name of the Lord to serve Him with one consent. There was a Jew by the name of Eleazar that rose up and began to give the Jews back their language. One of the first things you have to do when you come to Jerusalem is to learn the language. His name is Ben Yahuda. Ben Elijah Ben Yahuda was the man that restored the lost language of the Jews. Let me tell you what happened there. When Alexander the Great took over, Israel no longer speak Hebrew. What did they speak? Greek. When Jesus Christ came, Greek. The only person that could speak Hebrew would be the who? The rabbis. But the people could not speak it. Israel today, all right, after 1900 years, had only two ways of speaking. It's called the Yiddish, which is a mixture of German and the Hebrew language, and the Ladino, which is Spanish and Hebrew combined together, or Arabic or Greek. That's the only language they have learned. But this man called Ben Yahuda, he restored to the original pronunciation and letter the language. And now every Jew, the moment they land their feet in Palestine, the first thing they go to the language class. And since 1900 years, Jews have never spoken Hebrew once in their lifetime. They lost the language. What did God do? God raised up someone to speak and teach them. And that's a restored prophecy. I bring back to a pure land. In other words, they will not, because the Bible tells you in Ezra and Nehemiah, they could not speak the what? The language. They had a corrupt language. They were talking. The language of the heathen. Church, you're seeing that and then realize it. It's happening under your nose. The first thing to go to language class, whether from China, Russia, or whatever it comes from, they have to learn that language. Now, obviously, the Jews knows every language in the world because they're scattered people. But their key language is the restored language, Hebrew. Now, prophecy number five being fulfilled, the nationhood of Israel. All right? Let's go there. The nation of Israel. What happened here? We find that Israel became a nation when? In 19 what? 40, 48. All right? 
David Ben Gurion in May the 14th, 1948, at 4 p.m., went at the Museum of the Jews in Jerusalem and read the Declaration and raised the flag. For the first time, Israel is now a nation since they got kicked out of the land of Babylon. Amen. All that time, Israel was never a nation. With their own country, their own language, God restored. Why? Because the Bible says that in Ezekiel 7.22, go there. I'm watching the clock, so don't worry about me. All right? And I'll make them one nation. Why did he say that? Because they became two nations. Remember that? I'll make them one nation in the land upon the mountain of Israel. And one king shall be to them all. And there shall be no more two nations. Neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms anymore at all. In other words, when Nazi Germany and Spain finally razed Israel, all the people thought for sure the nation and the culture of Israel is forever gone. They could never survive. That's exactly what Ezekiel was confronted with. Can these bones live? The people said they're very dry. And God said, watch it. All it needed was a prophecy. And he prophesied. And the bones came together. Amen? Into one. And number two, prophesy again. And they become a mighty army. Let me tell you, God restored nationhood. Amen? And then we read in Psalms 83 and verse 4. God predicted, and you heard it when the person king said that a few years back. And nations are saying it. Verse 4, read it. Then they've said, come and let us <coughs> cut them off from being a what? A nation that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. Is that true? What is Israel fighting for? Survival of nationhood and distinctness. No matter what country you go to, even though they mix among the nations, they can't help but keep their pedigree. You just cannot wipe them off. Because God says, if the sun, the moon, and the star can be obliterated, then it will cease to be a nation. Guess amen. Now put your pen and paper down, clap your hand to Jesus. Get the blood flowing. Praise God. Praise God. All right? So nationhood has been restored. And name all the countries that will try to destroy them. In fact, just for your sake, please go to chapter 83 and verse 1 to 4 and look at the nations. Look who God named. God named all the nations. It's the Arab League of Nations, the Ishmaelites, which are all Muslims. Just happen to be. To stop them from being a nation. Now, let's move on. Prophecy number six fulfilled. You have literally lived in a time and seen this. Jerusalem is restored after the six day war. Right at a time when Israel was the most vulnerable, unprepared, have no airplanes. Have no helicopter. Hello. And almost just a few pop guns. 
and they miraculously won. Somebody asked the Egyptians, a platoon was coming with the tanks, why did you turn back? You had them. They said they saw in the sky a human figure stood up there as huge as could be and his hand raised up and they look at his face it was so bright and terrible that they turned and they ran they left their equipment and ran now Israel didn't see that it's just got the Hebrew boys in the fire they didn't see the fourth person but the enemy saw it they said I threw three guys in there I see four Israel said I'm, I'm fighting just a bunch of weak old Jews. But I see some myriads of angels and their angels are coming at me. When did that happen before in the Bible? Rabshak came from Iraq and began to badmouth Israel in the Jewish language. And that night God sent an angel with a big old sword and killed 187,000 Iraqis. When the rest woke up, there were dead bodies, and they ran for their lives. You know, Rabshak died at his own altar. His son killed him. Now, church, you're seeing all that. Not to mention the Yom Kippur War. Now, I've been in Jerusalem and see downtown. My wife didn't come with us. He stayed for well, some reason. Didn't come with us. But went down to Jerusalem and right downtown, where the piazza and the people are at peace and are. That's why the uh, their enemy can put bombs among them and blow, blow them up because they're at peace sitting out in the piazza <laughs> fellowshipping and singing and preaching and doing their stuff in the street. Just like Jesus, the prophet says of old. It's happening. We are seeing those things. Church, don't be like the British. They think everybody in Africa live in trees. It's not true. <laughs> All they got to do is travel. Get on the airplane and travel around the world and realize the world is the same everywhere. Huh? Hello? Verse 12. I mean, verse 2, chapter 12. We are seeing, you see nation established. In, in Zechariah 12, verse 2 and 3. You have seen this. You have heard it. But I know you're not paying attention to it. But I'm going to jog your pure mind I'll let you know, Jesus is coming. We are Gentiles. The last train is pulling out. You better get on board. A lot of churches are sleeping. I see there's a debate going on in our, in our, in our fellowship magazine somewhere in, our, in the North America. Should we have one service or, or, or more on Sunday? That should never be a debate. It should be a given. When the Bible says, Not forsaken the assembling together, of yourself so much the more as you see the day coming. Now, I'm going to tell you. This is what God told me in my heart. A lot of those people who are missing church, He said, I'm going to surprise them. I'm going to surprise them. I'm going to come in an hour when they think not. And God said, I'm going to count their missing as being unfaithful. They've got no legitimate reason for not being there. Listen to this. Verse 2 and 3. 
Behold, I'll make Jerusalem a cup of trembling. What does that mean? It's right now in the world. You hear it all the time? That's where the war is. Isn't that right? Come on, church. Talk to me. Unless you are an ostrich with the head in the sand. I'm not sure which tar sand you got your head in, but get your head out of the oil sand, please. Behold, I'll make Jerusalem a cup of trembling. <laughs> I remember something in Jamaica. I think called hot potato. Remember that game? Hot potato. I'll turn around. If you have it, we can slap you. So we'll pass it around. Same thing when I had a cup. Nobody wants to hold the cup. Behold, I'll make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about, when they shall be in siege both against Judah and Jerusalem. Is that happening right now? Is it happening? And in that day, I'll make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. Is that true or not? How many Camp Davids are we going to have? How many road to peace are we going to have? How many verses of 242 we're going to have? Come on, church. How many treaties have they signed and have failed? All that burn himself with it shall be cut in pieces, though all the people of the earth be gathered against it. That means Canada and the USA. He says, all the people of the earth. Zechariah 14. Go there, please, in verse 2. Church, I have, I have an obligation by my boss to tell you this thing. I don't care what you do with it, but I'm going to tell you what I need to tell you right now. You need to be ready for the coming of the Lord. And you need to know how close you are. And I'm telling you, you are at the door. Why? Because these things are happening. Zechariah 14, verse 2. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken. Has that happened yet? No! But are they gathered against, against Jerusalem? Yes. And the houses rifled, and the women ravished, I mean raped, and half the city shall go for any captivity. By the way, what does Israel do when he captures women? Rape them. Is that right? And sodomize them. That's what they do. And the residue shall not be cut off from the city. Is that yet fulfilled? Partially. Chapter 8, Zacharias, in verse 3. Don't forget now, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel are major prophecies that talk about now. Ezra, Nehemiah, and Haggai talk about the, the, back then, and, and Haggai talk about to come. A little bit. Hey, what's me? Malachi warned, close this way, he's coming. Read, read for yourself. The last chapter, tell you how it's going to happen. Burn with fire and brimstone, like Peter says. But, right now, we're dealing with the preparation for the coming. Israel has got to be back home. Now, I'm going to predict for the Bible. Any Jews that will not go home are going to be beheaded around the world. So who's going to do it? The beast and the Antichrist. Because they won't take the mark of the beast. And if they don't, what's going to happen? If you don't take the mark of the beast, you shall be what? Isis already started that. Have they not? Huh? If you don't say this, Akahukba, uh, what do they call it? <laughs> you get killed. Whatever they say in their, in their, in their language, 
And if you don't say Muhammad is the last messenger and the prophet of Allah and Allah alone is God, if you don't say that to their satisfaction, what happened to you? Cut your head off. You said, I don't believe it. Where are you guys sleeping? 21 just got killed a while ago. 21. These are Trinitarian Coptic professing Christians. What about in Nigeria? How many did they burn to death? How many temples and places? It's happening in your day, in your time. Church, chapter 8 and verse 3. Thus said the Lord, I return unto Zion and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and Jerusalem shall be called a city of truth, and the mighty Lord of hosts shall be established there. goes on. And it describes what shall go on in Jerusalem. Number seven. Proxy number seven. Fulfilling, telling you that you're at the door. Israel shall wait many days without a king. Hosea chapter three and verse four. Let you know that Israel today does not have a king, does not have a sacrifice, nor do they have image worship or ephod or teraphim. They don't have those things. Is that true or not? But they desire it. They desire it, but don't have it. No king, no prince, no sacrifice. And guess what? We are told specifically how long will it take before they have those things. Hosea 6, 1 to 2. After two days. Now, church, I want to take you and show you tonight what two days actually mean. So you're not fooled by anybody else talking out there. <coughs> Excuse me. All right? Now, Hosea 6, 1 to 2 says, After two days. Can I tell you that means after 2,000 years, he will revive us, the Jews. And the third day, that means in the year 3,000, we Jews going to reign over the earth. In the year 2000, we are now, we are enslaved, but we're going back home to be what we're supposed to be. And in the year 3000, we're going to reign over the earth. At the end of 3000, the world's going to end. Amazing. But true. I hope every church in town is teaching this. I hope they are. Because if they don't, those people will be snared. Snared. With the fifth chapter, first Thessalonians, it says you're gonna be snared, unprepared, unaware. All right, Ezekiel thirty-seven, sixteen, seven, nineteen. Right before there'll be one nation and one leader. Right now they have prime ministers. Another thing you're seeing happening around you right now is Jerusalem surrounded by nation at the UN. And also, right there, the Jews made a mistake. They gave up the Sinai Peninsula, which they captured in the Yom Kippur War. They gave back the Golden Heights, and they gave it the West Bank, and it swamped their land considerably. And they're surrounded in the midst of their adversaries. And what's keeping them alive is the hand of God. Otherwise, they would have been like unto what? Sodom and Gomorrah wiped out. The 21st chapter of the book of Luke, verse 20. 
When we shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that desolation is what? Nigh. Are we seeing that right now? If you take a trip around Jerusalem, you're going to find the UN is there, Russia is there, every country is there. Ships of all sorts. Amen. There's a time when the thought, World War III is about to be fought. When we went to Jerusalem ten years ago, we were standing up on a mountain looking at the Valley of Megiddo. The Valley of Megiddo, amen, is a place where all the armies of the earth will come to fight for the last time. And we saw maps drawn. They showed us where the Russian ship was, nuclear weapon ships, and the Americans and the Germans and all the other nations. They showed us where it was. It's amazing. You could feel destiny just standing where you were looking at all of these things. Let me tell you, church, God is looking down on this earth. And He knows where we are. Church, I used to pray and wish I was in the apostles' period. But this is the finest period you'll ever see. This is the closing of Bible times. When this is complete, the Bible is no longer useful. Hello? The Bible have a time limit on it. When we reach the 21st chapter of Revelation, the Bible is no longer useful. It will all be what? Fulfilled. When that angel stands, amen, and put one foot on land and one on the sea and cried, Time shall be no. That means the clock stopped ticking. Clap your hands to Jesus. There will be a restoration of worship coming next. If you've been to Jerusalem, they'll show you this. The plans are drawn up. The maps are there. It's on site. If probably on TV, I mean on, on the video, if you can see that on the Internet, if you want to see it. I literally saw it when I was in Jerusalem. I took pictures of it. They show you pictures of it. They got the priesthood established. They know who the Palactory Jews are on the Cohen's or the priesthood. They know who is who. The 12 tribes are identified. They know who everybody is. They are planning for the coming Messiah. They're not looking for Jesus, looking for another Messiah, but he's the one coming. All right? All right. Because, amen? If you were in Jerusalem, there's a gate called the Golden Gate. It's closed. The, the Sultan uh, of the uh, Turkey, the Ottoman Empire, they closed that gate because they didn't want the Messiah to come through it. And they planned all their cemetery dead right before it to prevent anybody from going through it. They figured if it's like that, the Messiah will not go through there. And so from the east of Mount of Olives, looking towards the west, across the Kidron Valley, you can see that gate, amen, closed, amen. But God says, I will burn through it. Oh, clap your hands to Jesus. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here. I feel like shouting. Church, we're ble- brother, we're blessed tonight. We know where we're going. We know where we're at. And we know what time it is. God reveal it to us. Praise God. Amen? Amen? Now, on the Mount of Olives, you know who live there? Arabs. I feel sorry for them. And uh, uh, what's there? A bunch of Jewish dead bodies. Everybody know why? The Mount of Olives. They plant their dead people there because they said they want to be the first one in the resurrection. But they have to have the Holy Ghost. Did you know, every Christian that's born again is marked? It's impossible to have two marks. 
You can't have the mark of the beast and the mark of the Antichrist at the same time. It's impossible. In Ephesians, in Ephesians 1, 13, the, the mark of Christ is Ephesians 1, 13. Go there. The mark of Christ. You are sealed with the Holy Ghost. You know how the Holy Ghost seal is? This church has a seal. It's called a corporate seal. I can't do no transaction without it. It's the corporate seal. It's a seal of ownership and divine leadership when God put a seal on you. Mm, my God, my God. But there's another seal called the Antichrist seal. From 13, the book of Revelation. Last few verses talk about it. Now, I want to digress here. I'm running on because I'm going to finish by, what time is it now? I should finish by 12 o'clock midnight. I won't take it longer than that. Is that Okay. I want to snore. I said, thank you, Lord, wake me up. <laughs> Please let me finish, church. i got to finish. If I walk over this, you will never hear it again for a long time. Give me a few minutes here. Cancel all your plans. But say amen. But say amen. I'm working over time now. I'm double time for my time. Okay, number nine, restoration of a place of worship. The Six-Day War, for the first time, Israel regained the Wailing Wall. Before that, the inhabitants were building little huts and houses right by the Wailing Wall. But the Jews got access to it. I was told this week, in fact, today, that at the, at the, at the Temple Mount, there's about seven inches of snow fell on it, even at the Wailing Wall. Now, that's unusual. You tell me things aren't happening? Around the world, there's snow in hot spots? Huh? The weather's going wacky? It's not going wacky. I believe Noah's day did the same thing. Men weren't paying attention. The animals knew it. Huh? When that big flood took place somewhere in the Philippines, there or, or, or wherever it took place, uh, and animals were killed. Where was it at again? Indonesia, amen. The animals went uphill, I mean, went down here and got killed. It's very sad to see Buddha floating downstream with his worshippers. Kind of strange to see your God floating outside, you're dead. Oh, my God. Chapter 14. It says, Every nation has to come year by year to worship at Jerusalem, not Mecca. Not New York. Not England. It says, where? In Jerusalem. Year by year. And who will they worship? Jesus Christ. He's King and Lord of the host. What's His name? And the tabernacle of God shall be there. Now, we know a temple is about to be built. Because in chapter 11 of Revelation, verse 1, 2, and 19, it describes a temple being measured. Which right now we know there is no temple there. But there is drawings. Hello? And plans to do it. And just before it's coming, something great going to happen. False Jews are going to claim Jerusalem. They're not real. All right? Here's what's going to happen, church. Chapter 11, verse 11 of Isaiah. 
I want you to notice this word on that in your Bible. Second time. I will the second time recover the remnant of my people Israel. When was the first time? When the king Cyrus said do what? Bring them home. Every true rabbi and Jew should be preaching Bring them what? Home. Bring them home. Amen. The king is saying to them, Bring them home. And the people are saying, No, we don't want to come home. We are happy where we are. Now, I haven't got time to go that tonight. I want to say this to you. Zechariah 13 tells you only one third of Professing Jews or Israelites will be saved. Go there and look. I want you to know this, friend. When I said, All Israel shall be saved, it be one third of the what? Professing Israelites shall be saved. Only one third. Romans 9 said, They're false Israelites. 9 verse 6. I mean, a lot of people say, I'm a Jew, I'm a Jew, I'm a Jew, I'm a Jew, I'm a Jew. Not all Israel are Israel indeed. To 9 verses, they're false. We're seeing that happening today. Verse 26, chapter 11, Romans. All Israel shall be saved. Then who are the false Jews? Right? I think God's going to put a seal on them. That seal is going to be the name of Jesus Christ. Can I prove that to you? In chapter 7 of Revelation, he sealed 12 tribes, excluding Dan and who? Ephraim. Because they were what? Reprobates, idolaters. They were sealed. 144,000. These are not jungle witnesses or JWs. No. These are literal Jews from the tribe of it. They're not England worshippers either. These are literal Jews. But in the 14th chapter, you read of Revelation that seal is the name of Jesus Christ. Where's the king put his name? On a seal. When he gave a seal to Joseph, he gave him his what? His name. And he comes in the name of the king. The seal is the bang. You know what they told me? The lawyer told me about my church? I want your legal corporate name. I don't want what you call yourself. I want your legal registered corporate name. <coughs> and neither is there salvation in any other registered name in heaven than the one God gave us on earth here, the name of Jesus Christ, <coughs> which he called it's the name of his Father. Now, every son in this building have their Father's name. Every daughter have their father's name. Not given name, but his name. What's his name? What's his name? You know, you're not sure? What's his name? All right. False Jews. Chapter 3, Revelation, verse 9. They're called synagogues of what? Called church. Stay with me. What did God, God call it? Synagogue of Satan. He said, Pastor Neal. Why do I have to know this? Because I don't want to take responsibility for you being lost. And God says, my people were destroyed because you didn't tell them what I told you. 
The seed comes, eat it or leave it. The church are inward Jews. Romans 2.29 The prophet put it this way. Though Israel know us not, I mean acknowledge us not, and though Abraham don't know us, yet we are what? Yours. The faith of Abraham. Now church, can I say amen? So Pastor Neil must turn and make you mad. Come on, folks. Say it. I don't even want to say it. Must learn and makes you mad. At least she's laughing. She's on my team. <laughs> all right. Let me, let me walk through this very quickly here. Is that all right? Please. I need permission. Okay? All those who want to go home, go home. Please accept, accept Sister Boyd. She can stay behind. She's a high tolerance level here. Now, she's the only one that generally can go home. Because she got a high stress on her. I have a load to carry. You may go, sister. Bye. Give my permission. Sleep in the ride behind. All right, look at this here. If you were in Jerusalem, look at this right here. I'm showing you right here. The, one, one, the tribes, this is Sea of Galilee, are, are, this, is, this is drawn right here. But this, this, is, this is north. This is south. And all this area right here, where all the 12 tribes are, okay? Right here was a cursed place, and God revived this. We, we've been here. We've been the Jordan. Have we not? We've been the Jordan right here. Okay? Now, the Mediterranean Sea is over here. Israel and Arabs are over here. I mean, uh, Saudi Arabia and Syria and Iraq and all those people back here. I'm not interested in them right now. <coughs> write that down, church. Write those things down. When anybody asks you, how do you know you're in the end times? Write these things down. I thank God for speaking in tongues and running the aisle, having the songs church, but my God, I'm telling you, if you're not ready, you're going to end up being left behind because you're not going to pay attention to what's going on. The Lord said, when you see these things happen, look up. Something is about to take place for you. Your redemption, now, redemption means your purchased possession will be taken from you. Now I'm going to move on because you don't have time for me. I can see that. After two days. Well, you can do it later on with your iPhone. All right. Partial fulfillment for the Jews and the Gentiles. Look at it right here, friend. For the Jews, partial fulfillment right now taking place. The worship of their, of their, of their temple. There's no repentance on them. They've gone back in unbelief. They're shunned by armies. The temple is to be rebuilt. It's not yet built. And beheading is taking place. They're being beheaded. People are being beheaded around the world. You have no idea how many Jews are being slaughtered in Russia, in Spain, in foreign countries. Some don't make the news. Some make the news. They hide the fact that they're being persecuted, being slaughtered around the world. But it's an incentive for them to go home because they feel more safer among friends than foes. Alright? Gentiles, church, we're in bad shape. This represents us right here. Here. You weren't born here. You were born down here. Somewhere here. And you're seeing something right now. You're seeing it right now. You're right there at the border. It's 
where we are. It's where we are. The Gentile kingdom is about to take place, about to come to a close, and they won't be around anymore doing what they're doing. And many nations that you see today will cease to exist. Like the Hittites, the Amalekites, the Jebusites, and all those nations, they'll be gone. Okay? All right? The time the Gentiles come to a close, these shall be fulfilled. Matthew 24 and also Luke 21. And the days of Lot and Noah and Sodom are here. I don't need to tell you that they're here. You have accepted it. You, you have accepted that a man can marry another man. You said nothing against it. You've accepted that a woman can marry another woman. You said nothing against it. You accepted it. You've accepted all these things, you know. And they are doing these things and it doesn't bother you. You know why? Because you're at ease. You're blinded to the truth. You're not stirred. But the Bible says the heart of Lot was vexed by the wicked things he saw and heard. You hear about beheadings. It doesn't bother you. You didn't get word about it because he's not close to you. It's somewhere else. You're not troubled. You're not praying for those people who are out there being hurt. You're too busy trying to get your career and your, and your retirement program, your holiday vacation. You know why? Because you're not seeing like you should see. But the Bible said they prayed for Peter in prison. Are you praying for people in missionary field? Are you praying for people who are being slaughtered, churches burning up, blowing up? Are you praying for beheaded people? Are you praying for being persecuted and their throat cuts and all that stuff? You see, you're not doing all that. You know why? Because you don't even believe it's even happening. Or it's not, not, not in my day. It's not coming to me. But church, but the people that know their God are going to be strong. Many Christians are not strong today. Sunday, I welcome them all. This place will be full. But on Tuesday, it will be empty. It will be empty on Friday because they don't believe that God meant what He says. Not to forsake the coming together of ourselves. So much the more as the man of some is. There's some is doing those things. They don't care. But they will be the foolish virgins who will when they come and find they got no oil and they're going to try to get that oil and the oil won't be available. Here's the sad part. They came back with some kind of oil. It was a false oil. And God said, I don't know your depart. He called them workers of iniquity. Who did he talk to? Virgins. Now, church, look at this. Coming fulfillment on Israel. Seventy weeks. The temple to be rebuilt. The worship to be restarted. The one week covenant, the seventieth week, the advent of Moses and Elijah, they will come. The dragon attacking the woman Israel, even Gog and Magog attacking Israel when she finally settled in her homeland. Arabs invasion, Psalm eighty three. By the way, Gog and Magog is in Ezekiel thirty or thirty nine. That's in the process, waiting to happen. All right. Jerusalem taken not yet, still owned by the Israelites, and the current Messiah, not yet, but will come. Tribulation is just at the corner. We are seeing Israel trouble is about to begin. Now the fig tree is Israel. The budding start in 1948. I declare anybody as the truth. It started then. Budding means re-nation. Uh, our become a nation all over again, and they have 70 years to fulfill that. Amen. It's the same as 70 weeks. God always working 70s. Okay, and 70 years. Is 2018. We're now 2015. Next three years, I'm telling you, expect all hell to break loose. Expect you to feel the pressure and the pain of the Middle East. The Middle East is going to affect Canada. 
going to affect America, it's going to affect your home, it's going to affect your children. I don't know how long it's going to take to affect your finance and your job and your blood, and you might have to run for your life for whatever reason. You say, I don't believe it. When bombs start dropping and martial war is declared and your peace is taken from you, they may think differently. They could take this church from us. They could prevent us from worshiping God here. All these things could be done. The Bible could have become anathema to the world. Amen. Now, you said, I don't believe it? I'm saying this three years. Watch what's going to happen. I'm telling you, the world is going to see disaster. Tremendous cataclysmic disaster. And that's not even the tribulation. That's just the beginning of sorrow. You know what sorrow means? The kind of sorrow Jesus Christ said, I must pray that I'm accounted worthy to escape what's coming upon the world. In Second Peter chapter 3, or First Thessalonians chapter 5. Come on now. Or the vials and the trumpets and the horns being blown. I'm telling you, friend, the Bible says here, all right, because um, in the news today, these enemies are in the news. Iraq, Persia, Syria, Greece, Rome. Don't tell me they're not in the news. Today, Greece is in the news. She's bankrupt. Greece gave us democracy. Right? What does democracy mean? I told you what it meant. Amen. It's in the world. Amen. My wife and I was thinking today, Omni oh, got, got marriage ring on. Put your finger out there. You belong to Rome. If you married, I have a ring on this finger. You belong to Rome. Rome is your mother. Go ahead, shoot me. Get mad at me for it. Now, you tell me, why, why couldn't I put my ring on my big thumb? Why couldn't I put the ring on this finger? Or that finger? Why I put it on my big toe? Hello? When a, when a person put a, a ring in their earring, what, what does that tell you? They're Ishmaelites. I want Ishmaelites there in McMurray. whole bunch. A whole bunch. Huh? Hello? Why, why, why are these strange looking hair cut? Why, what do they mean? <laughs> you may have killed the devil. I'm not making this up. I'm not making it up. But, but Pentecost will fight over this. Why? The nun have it. The nun have a ring on it. Is she married? The Pope has a ring on his finger. On that finger too. Is he married? You're married to the Pope. You're married to Rome. You're Rome's baby. Why do women have long hair? Because the angels in heaven. Why do they have short hair? Because the devil's in Greece. It's Grecian Empire system. Hello? Why do men have long hair? Look it up. Come on. Don't be mad at me. We're in the last days. We're seeing more and more of those things coming to, to fruition. So the apostolics are doing it. And we got these people in, 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 you know, in, in, in Europe, apostolics, they cut their hair off and, and they said, put a hat on. Well, guess what? That's what the nun does. The nun cuts her hair off and put a what? Hat on. Call her habit. So is that is that her glory? No. The Muslim put her hat on. Is that her glory? No. Your hair is your glory. Now, you said, Pastor, well, you won't build a church that way. I'm not trying to build a church. I'm trying to build my own soul. I don't care what people think. I don't care if they don't join my church. When I die, I die alone. I got to come to God when I did with what I preached. I don't care what people think. I'm trying to tell you the truth. This is the truth. It 
didn't come from God. These guys are in the news. This Pope says, gay is okay. Do you believe that? But you accept it. You're not vexed by it. I say, you're not vexed by it. Sounds mean approval. He says, should I go protest? No. You should pray against that. He said, one guy told me, Pastor Neil, your church will never be full. I said, so? God didn't give me a number that I should aim for. He said, go preach. <laughs> go what? Go preach. And he that believeth shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Come on, church. So I'll ask a question. If I lose this finger, I'm going to cut it right off, because some, some, some reason does that. Does that mean I lost my marriage? Does it make me married? A whole bunch of the city, where is them? Are they married? Are they married? I said, now that ten are not married. Oh? 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 Look, man. Iraq, Persia, Syria, Greece, Rome, and Gog and Magog, the bear. Here's the issue, folks. I'm trying to tell you the truth. My job is to tell the truth from the Bible. I'm not trying to preach religion. I'm not trying to preach uh, uh, political correctness. I'm not trying to do anything like that. I'm trying to tell the truth as I know it in the Bible. And then the rest is yours to do what you want with it. Hello? But I know one thing. Every preacher has to give an account to God of what he preached. And this one sure will be glad to God I preached the truth. Now, look at this, friend. Right here. See, see time scale right here? The end of the Gentiles' reign is in the third day. In 721, Assyria, today modern Assyria, amen, reign over the ten tribes. And then 606, the two tribes went to Iraq, or Baghdad. And then they lost out to Persia, which is Iran, in 536. And then Persia lost out, amen, to, uh, to uh, Greece. As I took over, some call him a subhuman. He was a human. But at a young age, he died. And... Uh, when he died, his general four generals took over, and his kingdom shrunk into two kingdoms, the Potilium and the Seleucid. Seleucid mean actually Syrians, and Potilium mean Egyptian, and those two are still fighting right now, Egypt and Syria. Is that right? Does it mean anything to you? It should, because I told you about it. It should be something to you. I'm telling you what it means. Now, folks, stay with me. Rome. I've been to Rome, and I'm not going back to Rome. I don't like Rome. It's a dirty old city, full of bricks and blood. What would I go to Rome for? <laughs> All right, Rome. Then Rome lost out, amen, to the Ottoman Empire. They lost out Constantinople. Amen. Byzantine lost out, and so Ottoman Empire took over, and they lost out to Great Britain, right? And they all beat up Israel. They whipped Israel every time they took over. Each one, right? And they, they hurt Israel severely. And, Israel, and Britain, Mr. Balflower, made a decree that Jerusalem should be the homeland of uh, Israel. The Jews, they changed his mind to satisfy the Arabs. And then England declined. They just whipped Spain a while ago. 
who was trying to hurt all the Jews and expel them, and they whipped them. Yeah, you know, the Spanish Armada got whipped by the British. Amen. Amen. And then England ruled the world. But when she turned on and Jews, she lost out. They all lost out. Everyone is lost out fighting against Israel. And now the Six Day War, the Arabs lead come with the Egyptians and Hussein and all those guys come against and Arab and Sadat and all these guys come against Israel. They lost both war, the Yom Kippur War and the Six Day War and all these different wars. They lost. Israel regained their promised land back in her Temple Mount. And so now, what's left for us to look at? Is this all right, folks? I'm hoping that later on you go study this. I'm not keeping you late. But you know what? I think some of you are going to learn this anyway and tell the people out there what's going on. I'll give you a tool to witness. The world don't know this. Your neighbors don't know this. You should know this, and you should help your neighbor. And study it, because I gave it to you for you to study. Amen! There are seven creative days. One, two, three, four, five, six. We're the sixth one. The seventh one has no end. Back here. It is right here. Set one right here. We are in this one. All this right here. Up to right back here to Adam. It's actually the sixth day. Can you understand that, folks? Can you see that? That's where we are. The sixth day. That entire picture, the sixth grave day. All that went on for us. The seventh day has no beginning or no ending. Eternity. That's where we want to go. In the 21st chapter of Revelation and 22nd chapter. That's where you want to go. That's where you really want to go. That's why you're living for God. Don't let Rome send to hell. Don't let Iraq send to hell. Don't let Syria send to hell. Don't let Greece send to hell. Don't let politicians send to hell. Don't go to hell for anybody. Obey the scripture and live. You saw it happen to Israel. It can happen to us if we don't do the right thing. Hey, if people walk out in church, so what? Let them go. Let them go. You still live for God. You still live for God. You die alone. And you're going to rapture alone. Come on, church, in closing. Look at this right here. Can I see this, folks? I can't see that. Look at this, folks. This is my timeline right here. Right? We are right down here. Look how far we've gone. We've gone this far. My Lord, way down here. Pastor, you're crazy. What are you talking about here? Well, from Adam to Abraham is 2,000 years. From Abraham to Jesus Christ is 2,000 years. That's 4,000 years. You understand that? Make sense? And from Jesus Christ to right now is the year 2015. 2015 years since Jesus Christ came. Can you see that, church? We're coming to the close. We're coming to the close. We're coming to the close. That means we're right here. Right here. Tell you for the sin. Right here. Gonna meet him up here. With all these things, you don't want to be here when these are happening. How much can I tell you, church? How much more do you want to know? What should stir you? This is not your home. You know where your home is? Look. That's your home. That's not a million dollars. You can't put a price tag on that. That's where you want to go. That's why we're in church tonight. Thank God you're in a church that believes the truth. That teaches the truth and points you the way and tell you how to get there. Now, church, listen to me. Right here, the two days. 
after two days, he raised Israel up. After two days, we're 15 day years over time. I call these twilight right here. See that? Twilights. And then comes the world changed and no longer under Gentile reign. Russia and America and Canada won't be dictating terms. Israel will dictate the terms. Let's stand. Can you believe that? He's almost done. What a shame. I hear all the clapping in the hand. Listen to him. He's done. <laughs> all right, folks. Oh, no, church, I really care about you. I want you to know the truth. I owe this to you. I owe this to you. I once sat where you sat. And my mind is to bug me. Oh, God. Let me know what's going on! This image here is one on the board you see right there. See that? Now, I agree. In the beginning, it seemed very complicated. But constant study will make it come back to you. It's God's Word. It's His plan. You are His people. You're His children. You must know what goes on. Amen? Now, see this here? The 70th week. One of these days, I'm going to stay with you the 70 weeks. See this time more clearly. Right now, I won't do tonight because I'm going to blow you away. But uh, I'm going to tell you right now, this, all this right here is called the 70th week. Okay? The 70th week, which actually is seven years long. This is the middle of it right here. Right in the middle of the year right here. Can you see that? That's the middle. All right? And great traditions on this side where God began to blow them up and, and, and do some stuff to us. All right? I'm going to explain this to you one this day, not tonight. But this is history. All this is history. Pen, where are you? Give me a pen. And I'll show them something. That's history. This is now. That's the future. It's almost seven years long. Seven years in duration. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are. This is a church age right here. Get in or get out. And right here, you don't want to be here. I'm telling you, church, you're not going to be here if you're saved. If you're here, I give the title of these to the church. I give the key to my car. I give the title of these to my home. You can have it all because you're going to need it. Uh, you can have it all. You got my shoes also. I hope they fit. Praise God. All right? It's done. Same image. Same image. Same image. Isn't that amazing? Because men are idolatrous, God uses the idol image to teach us what's going to happen to the Gentiles. All this church from here, from here, okay, to here is history. I'll show you. Can I do that? Roger? Oh, Roger, good. <laughs> okay, from here is history. 
these toes to where we are right now. I mean, right now. I understand that. Plain as mud. There's more. Oh, no. Oh, no. Scrooge said to me, Oh, no. Fulfillment. All this here, Rome, the seven church of Asia, we are it. You church are the seven church. In this building right here are the seven church of Asia. I'm not sure which of you is Laodicea. Which one is Pergamos? Ask the person beside you, are you Sardis? Are you Pergamos? Are you Tavitara? Look on their forehead, you might tell better. Which one is which? But you're one of them. But you can't be all of them. Amen? But in chapter 19, we better be that one. The bride. Is that clear, sir? Is that clear? Not sure. It's the beaten problem. Is he okay? Is he awake? Ta-da! Brand new world. In the Caribbean, this is how you do it. Excuse me. I'm leaving. All right. Anybody here? Any question? You young people, any question? I'm sorry. You won't have that fancy job you want in an executive building up there because Christ is coming pretty soon. Any questions over here? One thing about this church, they never tell the truth what they really don't know. They always like how they know. Come on, guys. Any question? Pastor, anyone asking for everybody else? No questions, foolish. Come on, folks. Now you learn how long we keep church down here for long. <laughs> Anybody want a question back here? Any question? All right, makes sense. Roger. All right. Still, any question? You came out too soon. Anyone about there in the bleachers? You guys have bleachers or anything? Is it a thumbs up? Or no thumbs down? Lord Jesus, thank you for your people. Lord, we know in part, we preach in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is known in part shall be known, well known as we're known. Now we see it through a glass darkly. The day is coming, Lord, when the veil will be removed, and we'll see very clearly. Until you come, we pray for the nation of Israel. We pray for their repatriation. We pray for their recovery. We pray for their repentance. While we're doing that, God, we're praying for the Gentiles that we will not miss the chance of eternal life and salvation. I pray for this church that we may take for granted that many are being beheaded, murdered, crucified, burned alive to the stake, savagely mutilated. Lord, terrible atrocities are happening in our world. But you said it would become the beginning of sorrows. They would kill one another. You said peace would be taken out of the earth. But then you also said that people that know their God shall be strong and work exploit. Lord Jesus, I'm not here to scare this church. I'm here to warn this church. 
that we are seeing anti-Semitism, which is a fulfillment of prophecy. We must not be a part of that mockery. We must not be a part of that savage attack on God's people trying to make their way home. Because the Amalekites tried to kill those that were in the back of the line. And the Edomites closed their gates on them. But Lord, he said, I was hungry. I was naked. I was in prison. And you visited me. For as much as we've done to one of the least of those Jews and Israelis, we've done unto you, God. We pray for them. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray, God, for the Israelites to get back to their homeland and to renew their vow and their promise to you, God, and to give up their false gods and their false ways and turn back to the true and living God. Bless this church and to remind us, God, we cannot boast against the branch because we were grafted in contrary to nature. And though we be not be Jews of the outward appearance, but inwardly we are Jews, Lord. We thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hope, God, that you open our eyes Speak to us in dreams and visions. Let this church know that the truth I'm telling them is truth, not common among men, and they should pay attention. For the word of God come to them in faith and trust, and with anointing God in Jesus' name. We ask for your guidance in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Sister Neil, would you pray? Thank you, Jesus. Kabo shatala morendo shaka.